Sam Monson from PFF was in town this week. His thoughts on the Lions coming up next. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Matt Derry with you on a Friday edition of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. An off day Friday for the team on August 18th and a Saturday, August 19th. And preseason game number two tomorrow at Ford Field as the Lions will take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We appreciate you, appreciate you listening, making us your first listen and checking us out wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Lions today brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster Boost your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Follow us on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and at Locked On Lions. Of course, you can watch us on our Locked On Lions YouTube channel today. For those of you watching on YouTube, you see on the screen, it's Mr. Sam Monson from PFF, Pro Football Focus. He's everywhere. He was here on Tuesday for Ly- uh, on Wednesday, I should say, for Tuesday. That's right. Lions and Jags uh, joined practices, and he joins us today. Sam, great to see you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. What'd you think of uh, Allen Park, by the way? <laughs> I, I mean, look, De- Detroit, I think, is one of those teams that's doing things the right way. You know, they have a great setup up there. Um, it's it's a fantastic-looking facility. It's a great um I think didn't their uh, PR staff recently win an award for yes. you know the best PR staff in the NFL? And you could tell. I mean, those guys looked after us fantastically. Um, they hooked us up with a with a table and a setup. So couldn't say enough good things about um, you know just the the overall setup in Detroit. Certainly, you know, relative to some other teams, I think it's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Sam, of course, the PFF lead NFL analyst, host of the PFF. NFL show. He and Steve do a great job on it. All right. So you're in town. You get to see the Lions uh, first and, and, and foremost up front uh, against Jacksonville, a, a playoff team from a year ago, and a team the Lions actually kind of kicked around last year and smacked a little bit. What were your first impressions? Yeah, it was an interesting. So an interesting day because it was, um, you know, just sort of shells. wasn't um, no no full pads, no major hitting, anything like that, uh, which always gives you an interesting perspective on things. But the Lions looked fantastic in that uh, practice. I mean, the offense in particular, w- people were wide open all all practice long against uh, Jacksonville's uh, defense. They couldn't cover anybody on Detroit, and this was Detroit you know, without a couple of significant players. Amon and Brown wasn't out there. Jamison Williams wasn't out there. And yet people were still running free uh, on, you know, almost every single play. I thought Jared Goff looked fantastic. Um, I thought we saw a little bit more of what they might do with Jameer Gibbs relative to what we've seen in preseason so far, you know, using him much more as a receiver and splitting him out as a receiver more than simply lining up in the backfield and, you know, giving him true running back snaps. So certainly from a a Detroit offense point of view, I would be incredibly encouraged by that. When you think about this offense, like you said, going up against uh, the Jags and and everything, but um, multidimensional, right? You see something different, maybe on every play, you see that, that Ben Johnson can be a wizard with this playbook and, and they could have even more success than maybe they had last year, which is unbelievable. uh, You know, unheard of Sam, when you talk about the lions, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Detroit's offense last season was really encouraging. Ben Johnson, I think, is probably the best offensive coordinator in the NFL right now, with the caveat that, you know, every year the best offensive coordinators in the NFL tend to get hired for head coaching jobs. You know, they don't stay coordinators necessarily for a long period of time. So for Ben Johnson to go back to Detroit and, and give it another year, I think is a great thing for that team overall. You know, it gives them the best guy around right now who was already doing a great job with that offense and lets everybody have another year with that status quo in place. You know, Jared Goff can be, see what he can do with another year. Ben Johnson can create more wrinkles with what he's got. And then everybody else that was already there, plus the new players coming in. So, you know, that really the, the outlook for that Lions offense can only be good. It was already headed in a great direction and, you know, they've either retained everybody that they wanted or they've brought in a bunch of players that could could add, you know, more gas to that fire. So I think this year should be a great year for that offense. I got to ask you about Jamison Williams. It's just a hot button topic here. I mean, my audience is so tired of me bringing it up, but now he's going to miss the rest of the preseason. What was the buzz when you were talking to people about Jamo? Obviously, when you were there, he was hurt. Um, and, 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 you know, they just added Jason Moore. I'll ask you about him in a second, but they're probably going to need another receiver. Yeah, and because, you know, he's he already had the suspension and they were going to have to deal with him without him for the first uh, six weeks of the season, it's not the end of the world for him that he's going to be missing the rest of the regular or the rest of the preseason. It doesn't really change things, I think. What we've seen from him in preseason so far has been a little bit hit or miss anyway. Um, I, I think the most important for, thing for him, though, is every time he's out there, his speed plays like it's obvious the burst and acceleration and top speed and the deep threat that he brings to the table. And at some point that is, you need to do the end part of it as well, right? You need to catch the football. Otherwise it's, it's a complete waste of time and you're just Troy Williamson. Right. But I think when you're starting off with this look, the most important thing is that threat it's being open. It's making teams respect that deep ball, every single play, and then you need to actually come up with the results at the other end of it. So he hasn't quite got that part of it down yet. You know, there was the the drop against uh, the New York Giants in preseason. But later he came back and made a really tough play, you know, one-handed grab with a guy all over him in the end zone for that two-point grab. And the fact that he was open on that deep threat is important, even if he didn't come down with the ball, right? It makes the defense respect that. It, it means that they have to anticipate that anytime he's out there. So... Right now, you know, we're still in a uh, kind of the jury is out on Jamison Williams. But yeah. the fact that he brings that, that to the table every time he steps foot on the field, I think, is important, even if he hasn't yet started to, to kind of bring home the rewards. Anybody else stand out of that group? Uh, the young guys, Drummond, Coda, anything that you saw? And, and what do you think of Gibbs? I know they're splitting him out wide a lot. That's a rookie. I know you mentioned before that. Uh, may end up just being in that receiver room a lot of times anyway yeah i mean gibbs looked explosive um just like you would have expected given his college tape but he looked smooth running routes as well like this is a guy that's comfortable in the passing game not just running routes out of the backfield but running routes from a true receiver alignment you know and causing problems for anybody on defense that's going out there to cover him i mean i would be extremely excited extremely encouraged by you know jameer gibbs and what he can do as a rookie i, I think that's a really enticing prospect khalif raymond was a guy that that jumped out from mm -hmm. from that um practice period i mean he's got speed he's got a deep threat in his own right 
Um, I think the Lions generally love that guy, you know, as somebody that they they yeah. want to be part of the offense, not somebody that's been rendered obsolete by the players that they brought in. And, you know, guys like Gibbs and Jamison Williams, I, I still think he's going to have a significant role in this offense. Um, and you saw that in that practice. He was still, you know, a big part of what they were doing. And then, you know, I had referenced this morning once the news hit that uh, uh, Denzel Mims was waived injured, but they're going to need another receiver. Jarvis Landry's out there, Julio Jones, I mean, all the, the veteran names, but it turns out they signed Jason Moore instead X of the Chargers. Number one, what, do you, what can you tell us about him? And number two, are you surprised that somebody like a Juice Landry would, wouldn't be coming here? Yeah, I, I don't think that they I don't think that they believe they need that kind of impact, you know, to go after a, a much higher priced veteran, a guy like Jarvis Landry or whoever else would they would see on the open market as a potential option. I think they're looking at this as more of a uh, a cover type of move or, uh, you know, a short term intermediate you know type of, of gig. Um, and, and they don't they just don't feel the need that, to, to go that high in the, the process. So, you know. Jason Moore is a guy that that hasn't played much in the NFL yeah. is, is the reality of it. You know, somebody who was uh, not a, a particularly um, not a high prospect, you know, came out of a small college, didn't get dra- uh, didn't get drafted, I don't think, barely played with Los Angeles, but has the tools, you know, like Denzel Mims. He's bringing size. He's bringing speed to the table. He's bringing a, a body type that is imposing. Um, and I think those are the types of players that people bring in when you're in training camp or preseason to, to see what they can do up front, you know, it's, you, you bring in a, a big bodied athlete and you see if there's something more to his game during these practice reps. I want to ask Sam coming up next about the defense, what he saw on that side of the ball. We'll get into some NFC North stuff uh, as well as we enter uh, preseason game number two tomorrow against the Jacksonville Jaguars locked on lions. I mentioned before brought to you by, LinkedIn jobs these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have to uh, get the access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you've got to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps find the right people for your team for fast, easy use, and it's for free. Add your job in that purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, which I've done. And it's great. You spread the word about that you're hiring and you get people to, uh, uh, get to you. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Do me a favor, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sam Monson with us, lead NFL analyst and pro football focus. We love our friends at PFF. Shout out to uh, Dave Selfaro, the king of uh, PR. Uh, Sam knows at uh, PFF uh, for hooking us up. We'll get Trevor Sikama on here in the next couple of weeks as well. And I uh, love talking to the folks at PFF. All right, Sam, defensively, you're in, in the building this week and got a chance to be on that backfield and see some things. What stood out for you from the Lions in terms of defensively and and did you see any issues with Calvin Ridley and keeping up with him at all? No, I mean, Calvin Ridley made a couple of plays, but I thought overall the Lions defense di- did really well. Again, you know, it's difficult. It's it's a much more difficult environment because we're not in pads. We're not hitting, you know, the pass rush can't necessarily uh, find a home and, and shut down these plays in a way they could in, in more live type of uh, drills. But 
you know, Aiden Hutchinson was certainly winning up front uh, when in those sort of circumstances. But the back end, I thought, played well. Trevor Lawrence made a couple of really nice plays here or there, um, as you would expect, given how good he's able to be. But that Lions defense was absolutely making its share of plays as well. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, CJ, um, had a really nice pass breakup at one point, had an interception as well, and was generally sort of in the midst of letting the Jags know about that anytime it happened. You know, he was that's that's his superpower right is is annoying the hell out of the opposition and and i get getting them out of their comfort zone and, and he was doing that both with his play in terms of actually making plays on the football but then riling them up after the fact as well but yeah i mean i think the lions offense was absolutely dominant versus the the jags defense i think it was closer on the other side of the ball but certainly a good performance by detroit's defense as well what about the linebacker group? Anything that uh, you noticed or stood out? Uh, it's a good competition right now, and obviously the you know Jack Campbell is, is doing his thing so far, right? It is, yeah. It's it's a really interesting competition um, and an area of strength now. You know, Detroit uh, really across the board. That's one thing that does jump out to you when you watch the Lions now is previous areas where you would look at it and you say that's a real weak weak link or a a group that has problems. You're not finding that really anymore. It's it's this is a group with a ton of depth, and that's a group with a lot of depth. The linebacker group, I think, is is interesting. It's it's Alex Anzalone with the green dot, you know, the the, the perpetual guy out there, the the guy operating the defense, and then everybody else effectively is is rotating in with the ones. Um, whether it's Jack Campbell, whether it's Malcolm Rodriguez, uh, Barnes, these guys are all coming in and then taking their fair share of snaps alongside Anzalone, who's the ever present there, and. You know, I think that's a, a pretty good group to be able to deploy. Talking to Sam Monson from PFF, I want to ask you about Brian Branch. It's interesting. Uh, Brad Holmes has been raving about this guy. Dan Campbell said he's taken off. Uh, teams bypassed him. The Packers even traded back to allow the Lions to get Brian Branch. All of a sudden, the Lions have too many nickel corners with CJ and, and, and Branch. I, I can't remember the last time we've talked about all of these defensive backs, and we got to find a way to get Branch on the field. It's crazy. Yeah, and I, look, I love Brian Branch. I thought he was a fantastic prospect. And really, I think the if he had run a 4-4 flat, we would be talking about a top 10 draft pick, you know, a yeah. guy that was going to go at the very top of this draft. I think he can play every position in the secondary, including outside corner. Right now, it looks like he's going to be their nickel, and CJ is going to move sort of back to, to being a safety to accommodate that happening. But the fact that you have that kind of versatility – particularly amongst those two guys, I think is huge. I mean, the, the amount of contingency and uh, different things that they can do with both of those guys in the defense is amazing. Like Brian Branch can play both safety and in the slot and probably out at corner if you need him to. CJ can definitely play in the slot, can definitely play at safety as well. And now you can mix the two of them if, if a guy gets hurt or if they just want to you know, shift up the the way that they are deploying those two guys against certain looks or certain players when they come up against it this season. So I, I think we've already seen Brian Branch flashing enough to say that, like, he's going to be the same guy he was in college, and that's a real impact playmaker for this defense. How much, and you mentioned before the shells versus the pads, but how much, you know, are we – are we going to get to the point now where there will be one preseason game or maybe two and these teams will all just do joint practices? Is that the way this is going to go? I think teams, most teams, I, you know, there's 32 NFL teams, right? So there's going to be a couple of coaches out there that still think preseason games are, are really, really valuable. And aside from anything else, 
they can generate money off those in a way they can't as well with um, practices and on all those kinds of things. So the bottom line is I don't think they're necessarily going anywhere. We might shorten it, you know, another game, we might lose a game or whatever, but I don't think preseason is disappearing entirely, but most NFL coaches, I think do prefer these joint scrimmages, which is why they've become almost ubiquitous throughout the NFL. They used to be a fairly rare occurrence or, you know, a few teams would do it here or there. Now pretty much everybody is, has these joint scrimmages and, and oftentimes more than one of them, you know, they're practicing against two or three teams over the course of training camp. Um, and it's because, you know, you get to a couple of benefits out of it. Number one, you're facing a different unit, you know, a team that hasn't seen everything you're bringing to the table already the way your own defense or your own offense might have. But number two, you can control the situation in a way you can't in the, the games, right? So firstly, you don't necessarily have to be full contact. You can, you know, thud contact or whatever. You don't have to have 100% live hitting action. But also, you know, if you want to work on your red zone offense, you can set that up in one of those sessions. So you can spend a, a period working on red zone, whereas in a preseason game, you're entirely down to game flow and, and whether the game goes that way. You might not have a single play in the red zone in, in the course of a preseason game if the game goes that way. And there's nothing you can do to change that. Whereas these joint scrimmages give coaches the ability to specifically drill things that they aren't particularly or that they want work on against a different unit. So I think across the board, almost every coach loves these uh, joint scrimmage situations. Um, but I don't think that they're going to completely take away preseason games off the back of them. Final couple of questions for Sam Monson. I want to ask him about the division and uh, maybe some other places that he's been to uh, see some of these teams. We'll do that coming up next. The Locked On Lions today brought to you by Margs. Sparkling margaritas. Guys have talked about Margs for a while now. Better than White Claw. Better than High Noons. Stumbled upon them months ago and I absolutely love them. Five unique flavors. There's something for everybody. Crafted with real Blanco tequila. Check out what Margs brings to the table, including the coconut margarita, which I absolutely love. Go to SipMargs, S-I-P-M-A-R-G-S.com to find that retailer nearest you. Easy to find, easy to drink, hot out there in the summertime, although we're getting into fall. You're going to want to take these uh, drinks, these Margs, to uh, tailgates. Do it up at SipMargs.com. They're the drink of the summer. Drink of the fall must be 21 and over to enjoy. Cheers, and please drink responsibly. PFF Sam is our guy. Sam Monson uh, with us was in town this week to check out Lions and Jags. Where, where else have you been, by the way? I know you're based in Cincy. Have you gone to some other uh, other camps? Yeah, we're only doing um, little sort of short trips from Cincinnati. So obviously we did the Bengals. Um, we did their joint scrimmage with Green Bay. Um, we're heading out to Nashville next week to do the Titans uh, when they're joint scrimmaging with the Patriots. We've done Detroit. Um, I, those are the only two that we've done so far. Uh, looking to add a couple more before preseason wraps. What did you think of the Packers, by the way? Yeah, I, I thought they looked good. Um, I, during the, the practice, we were there. Jordan Love sort of seemed very um, conservative, you know, almost seemed like he was stressing not making a mistake and not necessarily taking risks and making uh, or taking ag aggressive shots. But then almost immediately off the back of that, they had the preseason game against Cincinnati. And then one of the first things he does is drop back and, you know, fires a deep bomb towards Christian Watson. So, that might have just been that single practice, um, but I was I was very impressed by their skill position players. You know, I think these young guys across the board for Green Bay 
are quite encouraging. It's an incredibly young group now between tight ends and wide receivers, but I don't think that they're bad. I think that that's, there's a lot of talent in that room. Um, and then, you know, Jordan Love, I thought, looked capable, like looked like a guy that knew how to run that offense and was able to, to do some things. What about this division, Sam? Uh, is it the Lions? Uh, if you, you know, you're you making picks, and I know you guys will do a bunch of write-ups at PFF, but if you had to handicap it now on August 18th, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, I think Detroit have now earned the right to be seen as favorites in this division. You know, they obviously came on strong towards the end of last season, but they, they're the one team where you look at them and say it's it's all positive from that point. They were already in a pretty strong point. They've gotten better. They've added things across the board, whereas Green Bay is now, you know, a question mark with Jordan Love instead of Aaron Rodgers. Minnesota has been, you know, moving in a different direction, turning over that roster, going, getting younger, certainly on defense. And then Chicago, you could say they've been moving in the right direction as well, but they were coming from a much, much lower point. So, you know, they have so much further to go to be in contention. So, I mean, I think if you're looking at it and objectively trying to weigh, you know, who the best teams are, you would have to say it's Detroit's until somebody else shows otherwise. But what about Minnesota? Um, you know, obviously they won 13 games last year, but so many close games. They've lost right. so much on defense, but yet there are some that say they're still the defending champs of the division. They still arguably could have the best quarterback in the division and the best player in Justin Jefferson. Do you see them kind of below Detroit uh, in that two spot? Yeah, because the defense, I think, is too much of a question mark for them. Like, you're right. There's... Minnesota shouldn't be bad. You know, that they've they've got some question marks that I think would have you rank them in a different spot to where they were a year ago. But that, there's a far cry from that to saying, well, they're they're done. Forget about it. We don't need to factor them into the division at all. So I, their offense should still be pretty formidable and, and fairly potent. Um, but the defense is incredibly young. There's a lot of turnover. They're reliant on a lot of unproven players. And we know that last season they probably overachieved if you look at all those close games and some of the more underlying numbers that suggest they probably weren't as good as that result in the first place, right? So you would expect some kind of regression plus the fact that the defense looks pretty weak on paper as well. And you would say that's probably enough for Detroit to jump them in any kind of projections. But Minnesota could easily be the second best team. They could be the, the best team, but I just think there's more chance of Detroit being that than them right now. Sam, great to see you. Thanks for uh, doing this. Appreciate it. Love your work. Uh, check him out on Twitter at PFF underscore Sam. Sam, thanks so much. Anytime. Sam Monson with us from Pro Football Focus. Tomorrow, Saturday edition of Locked on Lions. We'll do a post-game pod for you after the Lions and the Jags.